Craft Beer Radio, episode 403, on November 21st, 2016. I'm going to real to dramas I'm going to real to dramas And welcome to Craft Beer Radio where we don't know where you are but here it's finally cold outside. <laughs> For the brief 4 months it will happen. Welcome. I'm Greg. I'm Jeff. And let's see what do we got? We got uh, IPA, we got sours, we got uh, a bunch of stuff. All kinds of things. What do you say? The ESB. Yes, I say we start with the ESB. I brought this because uh, I've been looking for a good American ESB, and for some reason, this one has kind of flew on under my radar. And I finally uh, got a chance to try it uh, last week, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, this is what I'm looking for." This is Goose Island's Hunkers Ale. Now, I know what you're saying. Budweiser makes Goose Island. Yeah. Well, I, I we'll see. If in the tasting uh, it it's still as good as I think it is, but um, right, hey, we never said Gusana can't make good beer. So the color of this is uh, sort of a amberish, a little bit darker than than just a straight amber. Crystal clear, tan head. We have in this four point three percent alcohol by volume, thirty IBU. Uh, the hops are Golding, Golding Salia. I'm not sure I even know that that one. Pilgrim and Styrian, Styrian Goldings. Mm-hmm. Uh, two row caramel, roasted barley, and wheat for the malts. And they aren't using um, uh, Maris Otter in this. All right. So the aroma on this one is definitely this kind of toffee, malty um, aroma. There's a little bit of hoppiness in there, but really it's not that present and if it you know and the hop aroma mm-hmm. that is there is very english very um earthy you get a nice bit of caramel and toffee up front then mm-hmm. the hops hit you this is definitely sort of americanized it's, it's got more hops than you might expect mm-hmm. but um the hops um don't take away from the maltiness in my in my opinion, they they help um, you know make it sort of American and give it some sort of a, an extra kick, but the toffiness and that malty undertones are still there and they're still apparent. I can't tell you the last time that I've had one of these. If you know, I think it was like early days of the show. Someone sent mm-hmm. us some Goose Island, and maybe I just you know. Didn't have the palate, but I mean, this is rich, inviting, smooth. Mm-hmm. I remember something being a lot more astringent and tinny, and you know, and then that's kind of not what's in my glass now. Yeah, um, yeah, this is pretty good. I, I, I agree with what you said, where it's probably it is definitely more hoppy than an English style, like a Fuller's ESB or something like that. Fuller's is, is really, um. Uh, much more malty than, than you know almost every ES, other ESB I've had. Actually, mm-hmm. than every other ESB I've had. Yeah. So I think Fuller's might be more along the just the that's little, their that's their uh, their style is that they have the malty maltier thing. But I think this really fits what I'm looking for in ESB. It, mm-hmm. it has that malt stuff. It, it's you know nice uh, sessionable at four point three, um, and it it delivers great flavors without. You know, without giving you, um, 
without overdoing it on the sweetness and also without you know without letting you miss hops hops are still there hops are still part of part of the equation yeah i mean this beer drinking this beer kind of takes me back in time like 10 years i haven't had anything like this recently Mm -hmm. and so it takes me back to a simpler time (laughs) i was i saw a tweet from jamie barlow he was going through some old homebrew magazines and on the cover of one it was ipas american versus british he's like remember when there was only two kinds of ipa now is there even british ipa anymore i mean technically i suppose but it seems like the all the american styles have kind of you know, overshadowed any uh, older brush. No, I, I think there still is, but yeah, you definitely don't think of it the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember going into Fatheads and trying IPAs and like, oh yeah, this one's British, this one's American, this one's British. And I would say English style, I suppose, British. English, yeah. yeah, English, yeah. This is a really good bitter. This is kind of exactly what I want when I want an ESP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people should try this. I mean, at least once. If you don't want to support, you know, your money going to the big brewery, then don't drink it all the time. But you really should try this. This is really well done ESP. Mm-hmm. It feels full. It doesn't feel the you know the mouthfeel is is right on. It does. It feels full without feeling watery, but it doesn't feel over full. Yeah, really great. All right, what's next? Um, what do we have? Barley wine, IPA, IPA, Brett. Oh. Guess we gotta go to the IPA. I guess we gotta go. To the IPA. Yeah. Let's do this Toppling Goliath. Dan sent us this. Dan sent us a couple beers recently. Thank you, Dan. This is a nearly averted disaster. The um, seam is popped on the can. It doesn't look like it's leaked at all, so it still has pressure in it. Um, the box sitting on my front porch looks like it was tampered with. And there's been stories of people like stealing Christmas presents off of porches around here. Really? Yeah. Guys walking. That's weird. I'm, I'm in what's supposed to be like a not great neighborhood, and they they've left boxes out at my door for <laughs> and been out there for like a day, and nobody bothers. No, there's one of one of my uh, in the plan adjacent to ours. Someone has one of those ring video doorbells, and it's got footage of a guy in a yellow vest, you know, yellow construction type vest, walking up, grabbing boxes off the porch, and walking away. <laughs> Someone else saw a guy pulling a wagon down the sidewalk with a tarp over it. Wow. So. I guess it's more easy pickings in in some sense. Yeah. And people are not quite on top of each other. People are less likely to. I would have been been mad if Dan's package got stolen. Of course. The funny thing was Dan's package had, I don't know if Dan did this or if they did it at the post office. It had 200 three cent stamps on it. Yeah. That's a good picture. You should post that to the, uh, (laughs) did you post that to the. It's on Twitter. Yeah. On the Twitter. Yeah. Okay. So this is from Toppling Goliath. This is Pseudo Sue. It is an American. It's P S E U D O S U E. Pseudo Sue. Uh, American Pale Ale, 5.8% alcohol by volume, 50 IBU. This is a single hop citra showcase. This is um, Top and Goliath is in Decora, Illinois. Or, Interesting. I'm sorry. Um, I, I should probably Iowa. mix because look at that. Okay. 
Oh, yours is cloudy, huh? Yeah. Iowa. I had a hard time getting the IA abbreviation out of my mouth. We're going to blend them here briefly just so we have the same beer. Yeah, Jeff had a much more clear version than I did at the same can. So we had a little bit of stratification, and we are dealing with that. It's probably hop stuff. Probably. More so than... Um, Whether than yeast, yeah. Yeah. Big hop. So the beer is... Uh, did, you see, did you go over this right? It's a golden not, color. No, yeah. It's a moderate, just slightly hazy. Uh, like I said, the top of the can was pretty clear and the bottom of the can was pretty hazy, but it comes out to a middle-of-the-road haziness. Um, head is falling down pretty quickly on it. Big aroma, big uh, kind of reminding me of more of the New England style. Just in terms of the aroma that's coming out. Yeah, the aroma, it, it's big and hoppy. I'm getting uh, some grapefruit skins. Um, I'm getting... Like that citra, it's it's bordering, it's getting a little oniony in there, a little you know, touch, not touch, too sulfury, yes, but a touch yep. of onioniness, which you know that that onion kind of takes me adjacent to uh, durian, so I was kind of thinking and feeling that a little bit as well. Mango, as I'm smelling it yep, more. I was thinking mango too. Put some heat into this one, but this smells like a hop monster, and there's a Tyrannosaurus on the front, so. Hmm. Interesting is that the first thing I got was really vegetal taste, really um, almost celery-like uh, or celery leaf, um, which is not what I was expecting. I was expecting a little, something a little brighter. Okay, so uh, this this is actually a single hop citra. Yeah, yeah, I said that. Okay, but it's good that you repeat it. Yeah, single hop citra. I wonder what this means. Brewed by Toppling Goliath Beer Company and Spearmint. Okay. It says under special agreement with Lakeland, Florida. Have to figure out what that means. <laughs> yeah, and like spearmint leaf, but without the mint part. Without okay. a lot of the mint part. Just sort of the mm-hmm. the vegetal taste of the leaf. Yeah, I'm with you on that. There is something that it's that's a good way to describe it because if we just said kind of vegetal or something, it might seem more grassy or sulfury, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's very light, but it's like a you know, like a light mint leaf or something, but with a lot of that minty essence kind of toned mm-hmm. down a little. Yeah. So if you ever had like an old spearmint leaf, for example, the, it, the, the spearmint, most of the volatile oils are gone, so you get some of them, but you mostly right. get... The taste of that. I'd actually go with basil too. You know, I, would, I think there's something kind of basil y about it. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's not what I was expecting. It, it's interesting because, you know, citra would normally go orangey, mm-hmm. you go, you know, into tangerine esque flavors, sometimes grapefruit, but that's kind of more centennial right. cascades. Uh, ball game citra doesn't tend to be you know get too sulfury it doesn't go to like the amarillo and simcoe areas that but often. it can pull it onions. can be if you yeah it can pull yeah. onions not tasting too oniony or sulfury mm-hmm. at all I'm not tasting anything like durian like i was smelling a touch of 
It'll warm this guy up. He feels a little cold. I'm trying to think what beer new. Oh, so you've been sending me articles about meated beers. Yes. Because I made that pronostication a couple of years ago. After some beer fad, I said the next big thing is going to be meated beers. Yes. It's, it took a few years longer than I had anticipated, but I think we're in the meated beer revolution. Well, we have one today, uh, and I linked to you a link mm-hmm. of like 12 different ones from, from the past. So uh, they ha- they are around. Of course, we talked about like oyster stouts have been mm-hmm. around before. but Right. Um, there, there was one, because you mentioned the chicken beer last week. Cock ale, yeah. Yeah, and there was one of them that... Was that was that a chicken beer? Which I'd be interested in trying for sure. The other interesting thing is um, there's talk. I don't know how far it's it's gone, but there's talk of uh, AB InBev uh, buying Coca Cola, which kind of throws the whole they're trying to take over the crappy industry talk on its head, because it's then it's not about craft beer so much as it is beverages. Total, I guess that that whole mega business thing. You know, it's hard yeah. for me like buy Coca Cola and increase efficiency and raise profits. You know, like doesn't sound. It's not a very passionate thing. You know? No, it's like, no. It, it's but well, yeah. It's 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 playing around with with very large sums of money in order to make larger sums of money. Right. Uh, but it does. Yeah, it, it, if that's true, then it makes you wonder about all the people's consternation about craft beer. When come on, Coca Cola sells way more than 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 craft beer combined, right? Depends on which part you're worried about. You know, the 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 part. I, I still don't know exactly what my opinion is on mm-hmm. being owned by a big brewery. I, I think the thing that I agree with most. And not all of, but most is kind of the Brewer Association stance on access to resources, access to shelf space, especially shelf space. So sure. tight out there. So John Eagle this week looking for the dogfish beer and couldn't find it. And you know there was massive amounts of shelf space dedicated to silly things. And you know the but, I, I wonder your your giant eagle is not a good craft beer giant eagle. Yes, there are good craft beer giant eagles. And those have really well tended to selections. Well, even the Market District one in Pine is is about the same. That's not that great. Yeah, yeah. The, like the one in uh, South Hills is very good. Uh, okay. The one um, Sellers Ridge. Yeah, Sellers Ridge. That's great. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's. It, I think it's who whoever it is is doing the the cultivating there. It is place by place. It's not a. It feels like it's not a corporate mandate. It's whoever yeah. is put in charge. So yeah. and, and so, if somebody is put in charge, of just looking at the bottom line, then yeah, well, they're, they're going to. Well, if someone's in charge who doesn't really have an opinion mm-hmm. and is swayed by the beer reps and the wholesalers, then yeah, there's going to be big parts of the shelf given up right. to the most influential beer rep or wholesaler. <laughs> time to move on. I ran out of time. <laughs> Greg was holding it pen and it kind the, of spasmed and hit the glass. Back to the beer, though. That's a good. It, it, it was good timing on on my fingers part. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, it's it's really good. It, it, this is our first Toppling Goliath. They're they're a cult brewery, mm-hmm. you know. 
people were searching them out. So Dan, thank you for letting us have the opportunity. And yeah, I mean, this is very good IPA. It's up there with, you know, some of the best. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. it it's, I, I, I was going to say it, it, it's growing on me, but it never really was, it, it never really was yeah. bad. It was just, it was a little bit different, but I like it a it, lot. It was, too, I, it was too cold at first. Right now when I'm finishing up, it's right where I like it. It's right in the temperature. Mm-hmm. It's really wide open, giving you, oh, we didn't, we talked all about the hops because that was the interesting thing, but this had a significant malt backbone. Right. You know, it kind of, um crackery buttery cracker yes, type malt yeah. backbone and uh it really worked well with the beer so i didn't want to just kind of move on without mentioning mm-hmm. that I, I like your basil call a lot because I, I think that if you think of it almost like a not like a pizza but mm-hmm. <laughs> some sort of concoction with with basil and crackers you can right you get pretty close to to a lot of the flavors yeah when you were saying the mint leaves i was like you're close but it's, mm-hmm. and then i was just thinking of like ribbons of basil and mm-hmm. like and then that's what i clicked i was like yeah, yeah a little chiffonade of, of basil on a nice cracker mm-hmm. with a little bit of a little bit of an orange marmalade or something or mango sounds, mango that sounds pretty good yeah, a little piece of mango, basil some chiffonade, and then on a cracker, kind of like a Ritz, but not so not as salty as the right. Ritz. Yeah. Then you could have pseudo Sue crackers to go with your pseudo Sue. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so we have a barley wine. We have a beer with meat in it. We have a wild. Uh, Double, and we have another IPA. <laughs> another IPA. Just do the IPA. Um, I think I want to do the wild double, okay. right. and then we can do the IPA, and then we'll go into the other stuff. All right. The next beer is from Dry Log Brewing, and we've been talking about them a bit on the show. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited with the things that they've been doing lately kind of been quietly reserving my opinion until they could develop their program and I think it's you know, I said this before, but I think they're killing it right now. So this is called Havikin, seven point four percent alcohol by volume. It is aged on lees, which just means on yeast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bottled yeah, bottled with Brevanices, uh and made with Brevanices Lambicus. So these are Lambic strain of Brevanite of Brett. Uh, strong dark Belgian. This swarthy double is integrated. So it's a Belgian double with bread. Yes. Dry Log is a brewery here in Pittsburgh. They're in the Millville town outside of Pittsburgh. Hard to get to because it's as 28 is a pain in the butt sometimes, at least from where I am. Oh, from where, where you, you are, are yeah. it, it, it's not as much. I have to go through a tunnel. Yeah. They have an outdoor beer garden, small inside seating place. Mm-hmm. The outdoor beer garden's okay, but it's like right on the main drag. Yeah, so there's yeah. fumes and it's noisy, but and, and they're in a kind of industrial area, so yeah. it's not not the most pleasant of. Uh, but the inside's nice. The inside is a you mm-hmm. know nice little space. See, so yeah, we're warming this. Yeah, up. we're cranking the heat into the beer, cupping our hands around our favorite glasses, the Spiegelau beer tulip. Yeah. We have no problem talking about how great these glasses are. 
We don't get paid, but we would we would happily <laughs> we would happily get paid get, endor- yeah. get paid endorsements. Oh, I'm Jeff Bear. When I drink beer, I drink beer from Speed Globe glasses. <laughs> Are you listening, Spielglow? <laughs> I tried to like you know let Matt know, yeah, because their VP of like North American Sales actually lives in Pittsburgh, and uh, I tried to see if we could get some things going, but. I mean, let's say you're at a VP of a company. What do you do? You, some 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 blogger comes to you and say, "Hey, I really like your product." Or what do you do? You nod and smile. Yeah. And then when he's gone, you forget about him. Right. All right. The Havikin. as it warms, it, it it's opening up more. It's getting a little bit more pruned. Actually, something a little nutty, almost like a chestnut or something like that as well. Interesting call. Smelling the the acidic note. Are you? Okay, I was going to say, you know, it's not... I was almost going to counter that. I was going to say the aroma smells pretty close to a Belgian, maybe a little dry like a Chimay or something like that with that chalky aroma. But a chalky type smell. But it doesn't really have that Brett Barnyard or anything like that in the nose. No, I I would not say it has has Brett on the nose. But there's a slight acidic tang that I'm detecting. Yeah, it doesn't really Touch. smell dusty. It doesn't have that... Uh... Right. A couple of things in the aroma. I'm getting like probably something that's like a light tobacco. Actually, a little bit of licorice as well. You know, there's a lot of things opening up and coming out of the nose on this net now that's warmed up. Yeah, I would actually go... Um, I mean, and they're, they're fairly similar. I would go anise as opposed okay. to licorice. Cause it feels less candy-ish. Yeah, but... sure. Moved on to the flavor, and it, it's... Maybe now I'm tasting the tartness that you were smelling, which I couldn't smell because there's a almost like a, a tart cherry type kick to this, kind of a, a you know like a yeah. sour cherry bitterness or acid that goes right through the middle of the flavor. Um, on the sides, you're getting kind of a, um, almost like a flourless chocolate cake type thing where you're getting like this cocoa type flavor but like maybe with cherries on it or something oh, that's like a that. Good call. Yeah. A little bit of um like a, a sour cherry glaze on top of a that yeah. kind of cake. Yeah. yeah. Less less complex in the in the flavor than, than I was getting the aroma. Um besides, you know, because those licorice those anise notes those aren't really there. Um just kind of a, a chocolatey, uh, yeasty. Um... Yeah, it's really, I mean, they call it a double on the bottle, right? Strong, dark, belt, or, yeah, this swarthy double is integrated. Mm-hmm. It, um, flavor-wise, you're not really, it's more old brunish or something than it is yes. double. yeah. It it feels, yeah, closer to an old brune, close... Somewhat similar to actually the Rodenbach Grand Cru, kind of. It's, it's, it doesn't have the quite the depth and complexity that the Rodenbach Grand Cru had, but it had it's the same kind of, I think, deeper, um, mm-hmm. sweeter. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't taste like straight up, like a pitch Brett fermentation. This mm-hmm. tastes more like a culture. And, you know, that that's a new term that I've integrated in my vocabulary since talking with Rudy Aguirre, is, you know, 
it gave, got me the I think of when you're saying, you know, it has a sour culture type flavor. That That's a wide field, but it indicates to me and hopefully to listeners that, you know, it's the thing that they have living in their barrels or in their wood. So how would you define that? Because I'm curious because I don't know if I know the difference. Well, so, I mean, it's the flavor that der- is derived from not just pitching a vial of Brett into your beer, like um, uh, Wild Devil or something like right. that. Okay. Where the primary fermentation is Brett and then it's kind of bottled off and done. And that's when you get sort of the, the dusty, the the horse blanket sometimes, the... Yeah, well, there, you can go a couple of different ways. If you do like a fast primary fermentation with Brett, it's going to be different than kind of an aging mm-hmm. Brett beer. But that's that's Brett by itself. Then you you know you you know what it tastes like when you have a kettle soured beer. Yes, and then you know a lambic type thing where it's a lot more cheesy or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, but a Flanders Red is like he kept talking about their culture, and it's a mix of things that are Brett and Acetobacter and probably some PDO, you know, all kinds of things in a culture that work together to deliver their beer. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple beers recently. I think this one tastes like a culture beer. So you asked, your original question was, what are you tasting to make yeah. you think that? And I'm, I'm working in towards that. No, no, I'm, I'm but, with you. And so the things I'm going to taste is... The things that remind me of an old brew or a Flanders Red, where you kind of get those, you know, that you get that tart acid sourness, kind of like um, sour cherries or something like that. You get, um, you know, so you get the acetic acid in there. You get the, um, I'm trying to figure out how to like actually get more detail and i'm not sure i'm kind of petering out at this point well, okay well, let but me, do you understand what i'm saying yeah, I, I i do I, I get what you're talking about i i think that um to me this tastes like because you talked about uh dry lagers is at the point you know where they had a couple of years now to get it get it going they got stuff going. to me this feels like it needs a couple more years or it needs okay. to be blended with another with something else to 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 amplify those flavors i feel like this is probably a single you know, single concoction is not a blend, uh, and it feels a little sort of under, under complex for what I'm kind of expecting out of the flavors of the beer. I, I feel like there's good stuff in there; it's not bad at all, mm-hmm. but it it feels just kind of two dimensional instead of three dimensional. It doesn't feel like it has all the really interesting side notes that come out of. I understand so. what you're saying. I've I've had a few beers from Drylog even recently that still seem two dimensional. Yeah. This one, you know, this one works for me. I'm, it has a third dimension. Yeah, you know. It's 2.5. But, I mean, but, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, not, I don't think every one of their beers is a home run. Mm-hmm. Some of them feel like they're, you know, pushed through production still. Yeah, I think um, this is good. It just it but, feels, it feels yeah. a little aqueous. It feels a little, um, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, in my mind, it brings to mind like the, the Rodenbach and the Rodenbach had mm-hmm. a lot more interesting stuff going on interesting tangents it was right. happening and this is sort of eh, three or four flavors and an interesting kind of melange it's, it's really it's well done it's yeah. not bad at all but uh my expectations for this kind of beer are higher than what this is delivering yeah the i i, I think the kind of tobacco double that's in here it, it's interesting 
but I don't think I like it as much as if it was like the an old Eldbrun mm-hmm. base. You know, I think that would kind of go in a direction I'd like a little bit more. I, I like that I'm tasting those tobacco-y double-type flavors, yeah. but there is a little bit of a clash there that I think isn't 100% my preference type thing. So, but, I mean, hey, good beer. It's not a stinker yet, so mm-hmm. good sign. That was the Havikin from Drylog. Now we're going to go back to the hops. Before we get on to some other interesting stuff. <laughs> Pick this one up at Giant Eagle yes, or Saturday. Hopefully it's not too old. I grabbed a bottle from the way back deep when I grabbed this one. Um, I don't even see this on their website. I had to go to Beer Advocate. Okay. It was added on Beer Advocate uh, June 20th, 2016. So it can't be that old. Okay. Um, this is Hop Concept IPA, Citra, and Azaka. I think we've had Azaka before. I want to look it up again. Sure. Azaka hops. Okay. Name for the Haitian god of agriculture. Uh, tr- tropical mango specifications here. It's it's a dwarf hop, they say on the label here, which are the ones that only need like a 10-foot trellis as opposed to, you know, 20, 25-foot trellis. Yeah, it's part of the American Dwarf Hop Association. Uh, parentage. We uh, like to call them little hops. So the grandmother and grandfather on one side are Northern Brewer and USDA 64103. No, of course. And on the other side, Summit and ADHA 99-25. Oh. Uh, but the parents are uh, Toyo Midori, nice. which is the Northern Brewer USDA combination, and ADHA 94-65, which is the Summit and ADHA 99-25. <laughs> one is a dash, one is a slash. I find that very interesting. <laughs> and so that gives us a Zaka, which they say is mango, papaya, orange, grapefruit. Wow. Okay, here, here's, here's what it says in Aroma. Mango, papaya, orange, grapefruit. Okay, so citrusy, mm-hmm. tropical. Lemon, piney, spicy. <laughs> Everything. Pineapple, grassy, tropical fruit. So, what? Everything? Yeah, at least it doesn't say like oniony, but I don't know if they ever actually say oniony. <laughs> um, that's, more of a, that's more of what we do. <laughs> Made it work for the marketing departments yeah. of, of hop sellers. Let me see if I can find a production date on this thing. Well, while uh, Jeff is looking, let's talk about how you can support the show. Well, I can't because Jeff turned down my music. I had to fade out the intro, but it's on now, so. But do It's holiday shopping season. It is. You have like 30 some days to go. And if you're not done shopping, there's a great place you can go shopping, and that's on Amazon, but not through Amazon.com. Don't go to Amazon.com. What a waste of money. Only chumps go to Amazon.com. Instead, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And then guess what? It looks just like Amazon. It is Amazon. But you've gone through a little portal that allows us to get 6% of what you've paid. Yeah, roughly. And... 
you don't pay anything extra. No, it comes out of Amazon's pocket, then not yours. And it goes into our pocket. Yeah. And it helps buy beers like the Hot Concept and the Trilog and the next beer that we're going to be having. So you can give money to Jeff Bezos and his space program. Or you can give money to a beer show. If you want to give money to Jeff Bezos, subscribe to the Washington Post. If you want to... And if you want to support Craft Beer Radio, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Thank you, everybody. I got it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) I smell that Azaka, don't you? You do? Okay, so... (laughs) I smell the USDA 2593-4-6B. We have a, a, a straw yellowy orange... <laughs> That's a good description. Yes. Uh, pretty clear. A little, slightly hazy on my side. Looks a little bit clear on yours, but I think it's not. There's a huge, like, hazy. Look at the bottom. Oh, There's yeah, like a quarter wow. inch of yeast yeah. or something, and it's kind of diffusing up into it. There's a huge cloudy haze at the bottom of this bottle. So maybe we should then do a little bit of just giant, sl- yeah. giant sluggy yeast at the bottom. So will probably open up the aroma. Look at all that CO2 we're working out. Doing the old Rick Sellers trick where he, when he <laughs> orders an IPA, he pours it into another glass to open it up. That actually did open up the aroma a lot for me. I was having a hard time really getting yeah. into it and pouring it back and forth. I'm getting... Rick Sellers knows his stuff, huh? Yeah. But the melon, I'm getting like this kind of cantaloupe melon type aroma is what I'm noticing. It's kind of, you mentioned mint earlier, but it's kind of going into melon slash wintergreen. Sure. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I think the mango's coming through now. There's definitely stuff to smell here. Lime. So there's a citrus limey thing coming through. Oh, yeah. Wow, you're, you're on point tonight. It's funny because my nose is like half stuffed up, but uh, you know, like um, maybe it's like kind of taking out the normal flavors and letting the different <laughs> things through. Maybe it's just you haven't smelled that much today, and so it's working overtime. Or I'm just good at making stuff up today. I'm on the ball with the BS. Uh, it's it's not it, that is a part of it, right? <laughs> like some days you just you're on in terms of your ability to to improv essentially, yeah, and exactly. some days you're not. I remember a couple weeks ago we did a show and I felt like I couldn't come up with anything. I'm just like, tastes like beer, smells like beer. <laughs> That's how I felt a couple weeks ago. It happens. We all. I, I've had days like that for sure. So um, weird thing is when I, what's the ABV on this thing? Um, eight. Eight. There's a booziness in there. If I kind of cup my nose, like okay. put my nose in the glass and cup it, I'm smelling like what reminds me of like um, when I'm drinking bourbon or something. Like I'm getting that big booziness with some kind of like caramelly, um, you know, cinnamon type aroma. So for me, tasting it now, it starts out actually kind of somewhat similar to. Uh, it's somewhat leafy, somewhat similar to the Sudo mm-hmm. Then it um, kind of devolves into this bitterness and 
um, so oh, kind of kind of overtly bitter and not really complex bitter kind of flavor. I'm trying to get something else. All out right. Of so it. so for me, yeah, I, I, I'm not coming. It's not it's not hitting me as overtly bitter. Here's the things I'm noticing when I take a sip. First of all, it has a super creamy mouthfeel. It's almost like a custardy type thing. Uh, and then the melon comes back through, like a honeydew or something like that. So I'm getting sure. this honeydew melon type yep, flavor. Yep. It, it, temper that with a little bit of mango. Then what else am I getting? I'm not really getting too much citrus. Maybe a little bit of like lime zest in the flavor. Uh, and now at this point, it's just kind of bitter. See, I'm it's, like, it's laying I'm on my tongue, tongue and it's just not even flavorful bitter. It's just hmm. bitterness. No, I'm having a completely different experience than you. I'm finding this one pretty enjoyable. It's kind of this... Almost like instead of a... a it's almost like... I'm thinking like a, a key lime pie... Almost, but with less lime and more melon and uh, with a meringue on top. You know, that's kind of like the general feel that I'm getting with this thing. And to me, it's ending like... Like you put... Like you just chewed on a green onion or something. Well, you don't want to drink it, so... I was going to say, pour some more into my glass. But you can taste my glass if you want. See if even after the blending, we're still drinking different things. The, the the first part is great, mm-hmm. and then it it slowly turns into this. Just you've been chomping on an onion for a while. <laughs> oh. There you go. Enjoying. All right, I am enjoying this one. I'll, I'll try to come up a little bit more. But I, the key lime pie is not perfect because the lime is such a small part of the flavor. But the creaminess, the custardy, you know, I, I, the the pie crust. I, I think that kind of is where the world that I'm living in with this and kind of branching out from there. Cool. Great. <laughs> and Greg's like, you're wrong. No, I'm not like you're wrong. I I'm just like, Hey, more power to you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, not my, not my cup of tea. I'm just not, um, not into that, like laying a, a, a layer of bitterness down. Um, but Jeff didn't taste that. So who knows? Yeah. It's, I'm trying to find, I mean, there's, I just took a really big sip. There was some bitters there, but it kind of washed right off the tongue. It's not hanging around for hmm. me. Okay. So, I guess we go... I'll wait till you're done here. But sure. I'm just looking at the, no, the start possible talk, start talking about it. So we have uh, Dogfish Heads Beer for Breakfast, and this has Scrapple in it. So this is definitely we're interested in this. Uh, and the other one is uh, Summit... Uh, the final Summit 30th yeah. anniversary, their barley wine. We might want to do the barley wine first. Okay. Um, just Because this has all these adjuncts. It has uh, scrapple, spices, coffee, maple syrup. Co- uh, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Let's make sure I get all the hoppy deliciousness out of the glass. Oh, there's a cup right there, yeah. <laughs> I'm pouring into a can's easy enough. 
true. And you have okay. skills like mine. So uh, someone has been sending us the, their 30th anniversaries, and they sent us, this is the last of their 30th anniversary uh, beers. This is their English-style barley wine. This one is 11.5% uh, alcohol by volume. Right, short pour. Yeah. Short pour. 50 IBU. The malts that are utilized are U.S. Pale, Caramel, and Dark Crystal. The hops... Horizon Equinox Fuggle Cascade. They use a combination of Scottish Ale and UK Ale yeast strains. Uh, and they suggest uh, 55 degrees in a snifter glass. We can we're, do that. We're at about 60, probably. We have, we have the technology. Where'd the light gun go? Where did the gun go? Okay. 62. Yeah, okay. Uh-oh. 16.7 degrees Celsius for Dave and Greg and our other international listeners. Do you want a little band-aid? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it's kind of a phenolic, yeah. rub, plasticky thing. It, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether that's like I'm, uh, yeah, probably is. <laughs> it, it, the, it's not like the exact same aroma as what I'm uh-huh. used to spoiling beers. But the thing is, it's like taking resonance up in my sinus now. Yeah. And like, even though I'm not smelling the beer and it's sitting on the table away from me and I'm talking, I feel the kind of drifting down into my throat. Well, let's, and let, it, sniff. let's let it volatilize because sometimes these yeah. things can, can just, you know, volatilize away. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> That's going to make for great radio. Listen yes. to the beer volatilize. Watch those atoms. Uh, so the color is a uh, almost like a roseish amber, right? So amber is sort of a rose kind of color to it. Not much of a head, which I wouldn't expect. Eleven point five percent. Yeah. So the aroma is a booziness there. It's um, phenolic, um, like band aidy. It might be a little fusely as well. Might be fuse. Might be confusing us with fusels, but I'm not Could sure. Could be. Move on to flavor here. Flavors taste a bit. There's a big sweet slug like up yeah. front. Like it's not just like malty, but it's like sweet. It tastes a bit plasticky to me. Um... That's weird how sweet it is. I mean, I wasn't expect actually if I if it was that phenolic thing, you know, that's typically a, a packaging. Uh, this well, this beer hasn't been in the bottle long enough to have much no. of a packaging flaw, but um, we just got it this week. Yeah, I mean, it's been bottled probably less than two weeks. Yeah, um, this is not old. This but this, so I was expecting, you know, the kind of thing where it gets an infection and gets super carbonated and dries out, you know. But this is still like crazy sweet, like crazy, like the sweetest thing I've had in quite a while. Hmm. Could flight be playing a role here? Because I'm, I'm, I don't. It, it doesn't. It really doesn't taste it's very good not, to me. It's it, not like there was miracle fruit in the last beer. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it tastes plasticky and um, and f- and overly fusel. <laughs> it, it feels messed up. 
This didn't work. Yeah. I mean, we got four bottles of it. Maybe we'll taste... Well, we're not going to do it on the show again, yeah. but we'll, maybe we'll try another one on the pre-show see or something. if it was just a bad bottle. I mean, it could happen, but... Yeah, I'm going to say no. It's not worth my sobriety. At 11%? Yeah. Something probably wrong with that beer. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not all the beers. Yeah, I don't know what we should... Okay, so should we rank it? That's an interesting question. The thing is that it's a limited edition. So if it's bad, then they're all going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, I think we rank it. I just... Because it, it doesn't see... It's not like the beer sat on the shelf for six months right, yeah. and went off. And this mm-hmm. came straight from the brewery. It was bottled probably two weeks ago. Yeah, I think we rank it. Yeah. Well, well, we know where everyone knows where it's going to be. <laughs> not much suspense there. Sorry, Summit. You win some, you lose some. Okay, Dogfish Head. Beer for breakfast stout. So this is interesting because, uh, as you talked about earlier, meated beers, this is one of those. 7.4% alcohol volume, 30 IBU. Uh, this the, this was actually originally released in 2014, uh, but this uses Scrapple, which is um, it's um, pork products. Yeah, it's kind of baked into a loaf. It can be served a couple of different ways. I was talking with my brother-in-law, and his mom used to make Scrapple. She would slice the loaf, batter it, and deep fry it. Um, but probably think, pretty good, kind of like a Spanish thing, right? I mean, yeah, I mean. Think of that. I think there's a lot of spices, a lot of right, yeah. garlic, onions, peppers, things like that. So uh, they also use two-row applewood smoked barley. Oh, and I think there's a lot of cornmeal used in, in it as well. Okay. Uh, kiln, coffee melt, malt, flaked oats, roasted barley, caramel malt, additions of molasses, lactose, brown sugar, roasted chicory, um, yeah. Color is black. Black as the night is dark, and it has a tan-like head. The aroma, the first thing you smell is the coffee. But then when you keep smelling, you, I'm smelling black pepper. Yes, it smells spicy, right? The, the yeah. Black pepper, maybe a little bit... Maybe a little bit of nutmeg. Maybe a little bit of like a... A chili, which you often get when you have this coffee yeah. aroma. You get some like sort of... Like an ancho or something yeah. like that. It's already pretty warm, because I just brought this home tonight, so it wasn't in the fridge. We are at 64. I'm surprised it's not warmer. It feels warm. The ambient temperature in the room is only 68 degrees, so... I am at 66, so... All right, so moving on to the flavor. Coffee leads. I think the... Is there lactose in here? Is it a milk style too? Yes. So you get that creaminess, that full mm-hmm. body. The maple is in there playing a role. There's a, that black pepper note that I smelled is kind of in the flavor as well. Yeah, I'm searching for meat. I don't know if I... I mean, like, I can pick out something that I can say, oh, that's kind of lunch meat-ish in terms of just, like, an, a slight oily thing, but I don't know whether that's just me inventing mm-hmm. something. So I got this at Stokes today. 
um, went there for lunch. I was talking with Jason, and um, he mentioned when he had this. He grew up in Lancaster, so he knows he knows Scrapple. <laughs> and he says the thing that he really tasted was the onion pepper type flavor. So I'm not tasting anything oniony, but the, the black pepper is sure, so strong yeah. in this thing. Spicy so, notes. So right. I think that that black pepper is probably coming from the Scrapple. Mm-hmm. Am I tasting the meat part? Not yet. But I've only had like one sip. Yeah. And there's a lot of calibration to do on a beer like this. I, I don't know if... I mean, I, I don't think that they're intending you to really taste meat. It, it, they're more... It's about the, the flavors in the scrapple as opposed to the right. meat itself. I don't think you, you want to eat... I mean, I don't know if brewers have figured out yet. Would, I mean, if if they would be, then Dog would probably be one of, the, one of the ones to start. But if they figured out yet how to integrate pork into a beer successfully right i mean what do you want you know, yeah like if you if you make cock ale where you put the chicken in the fermenter yeah. what are you gonna get out of it i mean do what, you want what, chicken in a biscuit i mean what you, <laughs> yeah yeah who knows what you actually get but uh applying different ingredients can often lead to some well i mean that scrapple is not meat i mean it's not meat forward it's yeah it's a bunch of scraps Ground up, spiced, baked, yeah. sliced, fried, or whatever. It's so. a, I mean, it, it's a meatloaf made with the scraps of yes. meat and a lot of spicing and uh, a lot of filler. Right. So there isn't a whole lot of meat in here. Well, actually, we, no. we don't technically know. Yeah, who knows what percentage of meat they use, yeah. but the... The aromatics that they add to the scrapple to make the scraps appealing is what's going to come through in the beer, and and that's what I'm noticing. Should pull up a scrapple recipe and see what kind of stuff. Oh, that's a great idea, scrapple. All right, so scrapple recipe, Food Network. You want a pork heart. You want pork ribs or bones. Two pounds of pork liver. Okay. Cornmeal. This one salt. only has salt and black pepper in it. It's the only spicing on this yeah, they, recipe. They, they talk about it on, on the page. If you go to our show notes, you can go to the link. Um, or you can just search for uh, beer for breakfast, dogfish head. They talk about how Rapa Scrapple has their secret blend of spices. Um, so I'm sure that's... Okay. Um, What's the name of the ra- Scrapple? Rapa. Okay. Okay, so this scrapple has has buckwheat flour, salt, black pepper, majorum, nutmeg, thyme, sage, onions, mace, and red pepper. There you go. So that that sounds more yeah interesting flavor wise. I mean, I guess if you if you really want the pork flavor, then yeah, you go with salt and pepper, and mm-hmm. you you let the you know like a pork heart is going to have a very interesting and. and Strong yeah, but I mean liver. that the first recipe was mostly liver and heart. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's gonna taste like liver, you right? Know? So you it's gonna have really strong flavors. Yeah. It's actually pretty good flavors from my perspective, but not everybody's. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, this scrapple recipe where I gave you all those spices, the meat is uh, four pounds of ground meat. See note. <laughs> so maybe the note says to add all the guts, but. Uh, where is the note? Anyway, not important. I mean, it seems to me like you'd you'd want to have 
those the liver and heart stuff in there because you'd want to have those deep flavors too. Oh, sure. To be I mean, accentuated by the spices as opposed to um, just having you know a ground pork, which is you know relatively. No, I, I'm with you. I mean, there's. Uh, I I like liver. I mean, I, I like blood sausage, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's things to be used with the non-premium cuts of of the animals and. I really would like to try some Scrapple. Yeah. <laughs> Missing the opportunity. I mean, I'm an awful type of guy. People think we're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know, right next door to the Amish, but Scrapple really does not make it out here. It's in Philly, but it does not make it to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where to find it. Maybe at some of the, maybe at Woolies they might have it. I would, as I was talking to someone about it and said, if there's any place, you're either going to go to Penmac or Woolies and get yeah. some. But I don't know. I'll have to test that out this week if only we had some tool to find scrapple the scrapple locator 10,000 <laughs> okay so that is the dogfish head beer for breakfast stout ranking time yeah i think we need to wrap this thing up we've mm-hmm. carried on quite a bit today i know it's number six i know it's in my fifth place Says everybody who listened. Yeah, the rest. Let's see. All right. Well, Greg's figuring out. I'm going to figure out on the fly. Sixth place is going to be the summit. Poured that thing out. Not the best English style barley wine that I've had today. Well, probably the best one I had today, but not, not since I had a second one. Um, it was hot, it was phenolic, maybe fusily, it just was not well put together. In fifth place, see, I liked the rest of the beers. For me, I know your bar is a little, like, higher, but for me, my fifth place is hard to figure out what I'm going to put in fifth place. I think I'm going to put the dry log, and I like that beer a lot. The only thing was there was a little clash that I had with a kind of I mentioned that tobacco-y type flavor in their double along with their sour culture. It didn't seem it was it was fine. It just didn't didn't elevate the beer for me. So I'm gonna put that in fifth place. But I like that beer a lot, and mm-hmm. it's not oh, yeah, often yeah. it's not often that my fifth place beer is one that I really liked. Uh, it kind of just goes to show that the rest of the beers are pretty awesome too. Fourth place. Wow, this is tough. It's it's like a virtual tie. Um, I'm going to put the hop concept in fourth place of the Citra Azaka. I liked that beer a lot. A lot more than Greg is going to rank it. He's probably going to rank that in number five. Um, but I, I only ranked it in number four, so it's only one spot better. But I really enjoyed the flavors in that one. You know, for me, this is a top-loaded, heavy, top-heavy show. Um, the creaminess, the melon, that kind of feel of a key lime pie. You know, guys, cut the lime tartness way out of that description. But, you know, whatever you have left, that's what I was drinking. I like that a lot. Third place... I'm going to do um 
I'm going to do the Toppling Goliath, the Pseudo Sue. That was a really good IPA as well. Um, saturated, bright. You know, it, it wasn't a dank IPA, but mm-hmm. it had, you know, you know those, those IPAs were like, that was a dank IPA. It, it kind of not just converse, con, conveys the flavor, but the kind of saturation and the feel behind it. Aside from not being sulfury and sticky, it had that kind of saturation and kind of feel behind it. So that was quite good. I'm going to put the um, Honker's Ale in second place from Goose Island. Beautiful ESB. And that's that's, that's the way to describe it. It was just beautifully done. It had that satisfying multi-body at 4.3%. It tasted full. It didn't taste thin and sessiony. It... Um, the malt just kind of carried that beer. And I'm going to put this beer for breakfast in first place. Um, I liked, aside from there being meat in the beer, but, which but it dominated our... You're uh, not tasting that kind of weird aftertaste note right now? No. Okay. No. Um, now you have me regretting my, my selection. I mean, one through five... I could almost roll the dice, you know, so I'm, I'm just picking. But I thought that the the milk body, the lactose body in this beer, the coffee, the maple, I, I, all of those things, even the pepperiness, I thought those all, a lot of really different things coming together to play into like a flavor that I liked quite a bit. If there's a meat note coming out of here, I think I'm tasting like the remnants of salami on my tongue as this dries okay. out. Now you have me second guessing my rankings, and it's up to you. It's yeah, your, no, your rankings. I don't know. I'm fine with them. I guess you I can change. You I, can do a mulligan if you want to. If if I if I mulligan them, I don't know where I'm going to go. I might the pseudo suit could be first place. The hop mm-hmm. concept could be first yep. place. It's not going to be the Havikin. Honkers could be in first place. It's any of those. There's four beers that could be in first place for me tonight. It's okay. hard, it's hard to tell. So here's my ranking. So yeah, number six is Summit. The Summit we had to pour out. It, it's something's wrong with it. Uh, number five, I got to put the hop concept. Didn't like the way that that thing lingered. Just plain bitterness on my tongue. Did not do the same thing for Jeff. So consider that, but also consider Jeff is stuffed up. But then again, also considering that Jeff had the best nose tonight. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing with a handicap, but yeah. I was on fire. It's kind of a push me pull you. Uh, in fourth place, I'm going to put this beer at the Dogfish Head because of, I mean, the flavor initially is, I, I mean, I res- I've always respected Dogfish Head. I've always talked, I talk up Dogfish Head a lot because I think they, it's great all the crazy, cool stuff they do. This kind of tastes like a, a spice milk stout. Like I would expect, mm-hmm. and kind of ends a little bit weird. Um, you know, the congestion that I do have tonight could keep me from noticing that ending weird. Maybe I, I will admit that. I mean, yeah. it's definitely possible. Uh, it's it's not bad, but it, it's it's not enough to to rank it um, up with the other ones for me. Then we have the top three, which. I'm going to put the dry log in third place because, like I said, it, it felt like, I mean, it's very good, but it was, it felt like it was going for something and it, 
it was two years away <laughs> from from being sure. awesome. And I don't want to, you know, give. Well, I can give them props for making something great. I don't want to. I almost want to be like you can. You guys can do better. This beer could be way better. Like it could be incredible, and it's just really good. And okay. I kind of want it to be better. I kind of when I was tasting that like. Right. That kind of beer, I, I feel like with, with that style, with that sourness, you can't just make a beer that's decent. That isn't great. I, you, you feel like with a beer like that, you want it to be better. You feel like you want it to have lots of dimension, dimensionality to it. And mm-hmm. it, just did, it didn't do that for me. So that's why it's in third place. The, the top two were really close. And it was hard for me to make this decision because I really liked both of them. Uh, I'm going to put a Toplin Goliath in second place. Just because I love the the Hunkers. I mean, I brought it. I wanted to to explain how much I... It was a beautiful beer. Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. I, I, I loved it. And, and it, it, it just it was so perfect What I exactly what I wanted to do. We should do a show where we uh, do classics. Right, where we have this beer versus Dortmund or Gold. Yeah. Versus whatever else, right? And kind of grudge match death match of the classics that would be interesting um so yeah goosehound is in first place top and goliath in second place both excellent uh highly recommend both beers all right sounds good thanks everyone for listening thanks for putting up with uh my very wishy-washy rankings there tonight but oh the top five beers i thought they were all delicious they all could have won a respect a show against lesser fare. We picked some champions tonight. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to email us, you can do beer at craftbeerradio.com. On Twitter, I'm at Jeff Bear. I'm at CBR Greg. This song is Don Cavalli. I'm going to a river. I like this song. It kind of has an old school blues. It almost sounds like Robert Johnson, you know. I thought you'd like this song. That's sort of why I do. I, 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 do I, like kind of, I, I kind of dig it too. So I was like, even though it's just the same note over and over again, it, it works. It works for me too. Thanks everyone for listening to the show. See you. We'll talk at you again next week. I'm going to the bottom of a river's bed. Gonna lay my body, gonna rest my head. I'm going to a river and if it gets right Gonna fill it with the cheer-ups from my head